0: Okay, let's start. Parshas Nitzavim, Tav Shin Ayin Hay. This, I think, will be the last shear for this year. Next week, Rabbi Hashem will be Tzom Som let Tzom Gedalia. The following week is Yom Kippur, and then uh, and then Sukkot. So Hashem, the next uh, shear will be Parshas Brachas. This year, we do have a Parshas Brachas shear, but sometimes we miss it. But uh, we, there will be one that Wednesday night of Parshas Brachas. That'll be the next uh, the next one when we start the new cycle. H-cycle, but uh, now we have the last one for Tuftsha Hey, right here. Parshas nitsavim. And we dare say, we dare not say just Parsha nitsavim. Every Parsha is its own entity. We have nitsavim um in its um, small but jam-packed Parsha. So we start off with a thought of the Ksav Sofer. And it's not just one thought of the Ksav Sofer, but the Ksav Sofer here gives four Pshatim to one Pasek. Pasek that we're familiar with at the end of the weekday laning for Nitzavim, it's the last Pasuk in Shlishi. Uh, officially, The Nistaros, <laughs> <laughs> the hidden, let's just translate the Pasuk, the pasuk. and it's uh, challenging to know what the P'Shat is. <laughs> the hidden things are to Hashem. The <laughs> and what is revealed, Lanu <laughs> Ulevaneinu Adolam, is for us and for our children forever, La asos is called דברי to do all this Torah. How do you read the syntax? The, 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 the simple translation. What is the Hashem trying to tell us here in the pasuk? The hidden thing. Hashem knows the hidden things that we know. What's revealed? What exactly is going on here? Says the Ksav Sofer four different shatim. Source number one. Number one. Nirali says the Ksav Sofer kiye zmanim Seinu. There are two times that Mashiach could come there's a lot more, but there are two types of times that Mashiach can come. Zman nistar, she'en yadua the hidden time that no one knows about, v'hu sasum it is sealed, it is closed, v'yafilu moshe lo so, and even Moshe Rabbeinu did not know that time, that's the hidden time, v'yish l'akol, and the time that's revealed to all. What time is that? We don't know what time it is, what time is revealed? Kasav, as the Pesach says, based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin also, Remember the story that one of the Tanamis tell Yonavi. When's Mashiach coming? Hayom! But he didn't come Hayom! Hayom If you were to listen to my words, if everybody would would, would uh, have avas if everybody would do what they're supposed to do, then Mashiach would come too. Moshe Rabbeinu here is prophesizing about the Then He said, el-eretz You'll get go into Golas, you'll be thrown into the other lands, Kayomaze. And then the next Basik, now Moshe's alluding to, and what about the Geula? When are we gonna come back from Eretz Acheres? How long do we have? says the says the Ksav Sofer, Vzeosha Amar, Hanistaros. The Nistaros, the Nisteres—the time that we don't know about—that is only in Hashem's knowledge. But the Nigla, the revealed time when Mashiach could come, that we know about. When's that? Keep reading the pasuk. La'zos says, called divrei haTorah hazos." When we keep the Torah, and he ends off by saying Nachon," that's a good pshat," says the says the Ksav Sofer. So that's the first way we have to read the pasuk. When's Beis going to come in the hidden time? So whenever Hashem knows that. How do we get how do we get it? Number one pshat, number two of the Ksav Sofer out of four on this very same pasik of Hanistaros, Ode Nira League, on line eight. The Shar The first shot was all about geula. The second shot is gonna be about reward. What's the schar for any mitzvah that we do? That's hidden from us. What's the Schar that, that we put on tefillin? What's the Schar that we keep Shabbos? There's no way that we can understand that ki la rasa, as the Torah says and as the Navi describes, and all the Mefarshim say. Why isn't there schar reward described in the Torah? Because we can't fathom the schar for a mitzvah cannot, is larger qualitatively than the entire olam We can't even fathom it. Any schar that's listed in the Torah. As sometimes we have schar. In Shema, im Shema Tishmu, we have schar listed in the Torah, but says the Ksav Sofer, as the Rambam says, and the other him. what is that schar for? That's not really true schar. That's what we might call schar mitzvah mitzvah. The schar for a mitzvah is the ability to do another mitzvah. And that's why Hashem would give us the Gashmias, as this is described in Shema. Shein says schar amiti That's not real schar for the mitzvah. El haChana lavo that's Hashem. This mitzvah mitzvah. So ultimate schar is not in this world. And we cannot fathom it. And the Torah does not describe it. But schar, the miniature schar, so to speak. The schar that has to do with helping us perform other mitzvos. The type of olam ze schar that we might get. That we can understand. Says the tzav sofer. That's, the, that's another understanding of the pasach. The nistaros, that those that are hidden the sky, that's hidden Hashem knows about. the sky that we see. why do we have that? Lasos is called To be able to perform all the Torah. So, pshat number two. Pshat number one, it's all about Ge'ula. Pshat number two, it's about Schar. Pshat number three, another. You read the Psalm, we're like, okay, we read the Pasik, but our great Parshanim and Darshanim can read a Pasik and keep thinking and keep thinking. Right? There's no one greater than the Arachayim Akadush, who came up with 42 Pshatim on the first Psalm of Parshish B'chukosai. So, Klap Sofer has a few here, but that's, uh, they're all classic. V'nir Eli, on line 13, 14 now. Let me come up with another shot. Oh, Dehinei Amru Chazal, Chazal tell us, HaKol Bidei Shamayim, Chutzmi Yeret Shamayim. Everything is out of our control. Everything is <speaking in> Bidei <Hebrew> Shamayim. We are dealt a deck of cards. And we have to react to that with Yeret <speaking in Hebrew> Shamayim, with Bechira Chavshis. V'tzadik Aloka amar The Haadam ba Bechira. Man has free choice to choose whatever he wants to do. Hashem does not tell anybody whether he's a tzaddik or a rasha. Everything is totally on man. That is what we have. We are in control. We have free choice, as the Ram emphasizes this time of year. It's always important to always re- remember the Rambam speaks about B'chir right smack in the middle of Hilchas Shuvah because that's part of the tenet, part of the basis of, Shuvah, of doing Shuvah is that we have free choice every day of our life to make decisions. Nothing from yesterday needs to influence what I do today. Every free choice, the Rambam says we can be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu or as wicked, wicked as Yeravim Ben Nevat, says the Rambam. Says the Ksav Sofer, that's a third idea. Behind this Pussek. (laughs) Viseu Shamar, Hanistaros, Lashem, afshah Hashem Yodea Kolonistaros. The Yodea is Kolmakshavoseinu. says the Ksafsof, you know what the is alluding to? One of the deepest and most difficult philosophical problems that we might think about. But the Pussek is saying it's true even if we can't understand it fully. It's Nistar Lashem Elkeinu, the fact that Hashem knows everything. Before it occurs. The fact that Hashem knows the future, and yet we still have the actions that are in front of us, Lanu. They're still given in front of us. They still are there for us to choose what to do. Hainu Davar Echad adam Lanu should be a who called like that Rambam that we just mentioned in Uchashuva he brings up this problem and the Ravid jumps on him why are you even mentioning the problem without explaining it but the answer the Rambam is saying is that no God's knowledge is different than human knowledge and that's alluded to says the Ksav Sofer even in this pasuk of Parshas Nitzavim it's hidden. We don't understand how Hashem knows everything. Vahaniglo is what's nigla? The actions in front of us, we know. Lanu Vanenu is given to us. Lasos is called divriyat Torazos to be able to fulfill the Torah in the best way that we can, that we can. And then he quotes, I saw that in the Kisveh Kodesh, uh, from earlier, and that was the third shot. So number one is about Gula, Number two is about schar. Number three is about God's foreknowledge. Man's free choice. Even though those two seem to have difficulty coexisting, but they do coexist. And finally, the fourth pshat. The fourth pshat for Oneri he says on line twenty. Dehine b'Torah Seinu Hakadoshah. In our holy Torah, Nimsu Mitzvos Shebein Adam Machavero Adam Mamako. We know there are at least two categories of Mitzvos, between man and God and man and man. Bei Adam Machabero Bin Adam La This time of year we have to focus on both. As the Shol Khanarach tells us, and the earlier Saram tell us, Yom Kiffer doesn't work if unless we're es Eschaveiro. So there are mitzvos beinad almakom and bain adamero. Visha bein adam lachaveyro, hey mitzvos hasichliyim, ukiluyim lanutama binimukam. Mitzvos bein adam chaveiro, says the khsav sofer. Generally we understand them. They're logical. There hegyoni. That's one of the reasons we don't make brachos on mitzvot v'adam hachaveiro. One of the reasons given by the Rishodim is that because they're not asher kiddush shonu b'mitzvot Hashem didn't sanctify it. All nations do this. All nations visit the sick. All nations get stuck up. All nations, you know, all the other mitzvot v'adam hachaveiro. even. That's a little uh, trickier one. But says the Ksav Sofer, those mitzvos are golui, are open. Ve'elmali lo torah ha-yugamkein Even if the Torah had not been given, we would still fulfill them, as many of the other nations fulfill. U but the mitzvos between man and Hashem, he mitzvos shimios. Those are mitzvos that we would call chukim. Generally. Mitzvos that we do, because the Baruch Hu told us to do it. Shanachnu lo neida we don't know the reasons. Ben Adam makom hidden. Ben Adam HaKaveiro, revealed. Vehinei mitzvah sheben Adam HaKaveiro, pshita shehem olam beli shinui Mitzvahs ben Adam HaKaveiro, those obviously do not change based on society, based on time. Because those are logical and they continue to be logical. Veim dvarem shaseichel vahateva mechaiv v'adam v'chol makom v'chol Aval mitzvot makom, but mitzvos between man and God, shelo niglu tamam. that we don't know the reason for all of them. Haya efshar, right? Shatnez, we don't know the reason for. Kashras, we don't know the reason for. So those one might think, well, we don't know the reason, maybe something changes over time. Shelo niglu haya efshar laksho, shainam bechamakom Maybe they're not a All the mitzvahs in the they're logical. They continue to be logical, so they should continue to exist. Ben Adam maybe not. That's what the Pasuk is emphasizing. L'chein amar hanistaros, nistaros la The nistaros, the hidden mitzvahs, so to speak. Ben Adam ha I'm sorry, Ben Adam and the revealed mitzvahs the mitzvahs that we can understand and fathom and and, and come to even without the Torah. Next two words in the pasuk ad olam no they are all eternal they are all everlasting. As of Solvachik uh, writes in more than one place, if he would have written the animamins, he would have written a fourteenth Animamin. Animamin Memuna Shlema, that Torah could thrive and be applicable and be relevant and be vibrant in any generation, in any time period, ad eternity, Ad BS Gold tzedek. So, As of Solvachik, that's also one of our tenets that we have to that we have to believe. Okay, so the Tzav Sover got us started. The four Pshatim of this one Pasik. Hanistaros, it also gives us an appreciation of how much depth there is to every single Pasuk in Chumash that the Ksav Sofer just takes one of them and gives us four different Pshatim to them. Okay. On the same Pasuk, on the same Pasuk, we didn't even read Rashi. What does Rashi say? What does Hanistaros vaHaniglos mean? So Rashi quotes Chazal. Hanistaros Hashem Elokeinu. The hidden elements, the hidden actions are to Hashem, says Rashi. Vim tomru And if you want to say, well, what are we supposed to do? We don't know. Malherhure hayachid says, say kh Yisrael, so to speak. We're gonna be punished for somebody else's affairs that we don't even know about? How is that fair? Panish Bahem ish, maybe there's somebody who's thinking an inappropriate thought? But we don't know what our friend is thinking. We're not allowed to, we're not allowed to, be, we shouldn't be punished based on that. If my friend is having an apicarsis thought, I should be punished for that. If he does an action that I could be, give to, fine. But his thoughts aren't going to be punished for? Why is that fair? That's one of the reasons why Bezdin can't act based on Shuvah. Somebody's uh, Malchus, and then he comes to Bez and after the him come and say, I did chuva, I'm doing chuva. Bez is still gonna give him malchus. Why? Many reasons given. There ought to be who does a tshuva about this, but one of the reasons is how do I know what's in your mind? So you're saying you do chuva. Maybe you just don't want to get Malchus. Maybe you're who knows? So we have no idea what's in other people's minds. I'm not going to punish you for those that are nistar. HaNistaros <laughs> HaShem will take care of that himself. And he's not going to involve any other people. LaShem Aval HaNiglos. But the Niglos, the revealed uh, infractions, the revealed sins of Klai Yisrael, that's upon each and every person to be responsible for. Lanu <laughs> Harami it's upon all of us, as a seabor, to rid the Ra. ye And if we don't, then the Rabim could be held responsible. This is the concept of Arvus. The concept of kol Yisrael as the Rashi continues and says that's why there are dots in the Torah on the top of Lanul of to tell us that Arvus didn't start right away. It's only when they cross the Yardin. I'll read the Rashi, but then we'll talk about the significance of it. There is a deeper appreciation, not of Rashi, but of the concept we have in the next source. Something that does not appear so often. I'm not sure if we ever quoted him before. We might have quoted him once before. Rabbi Yerukham Fishal was one of the great Gedolim in the previous century. He died in 1934. He lived at the end of the 1800s or the 1900s, and he's famous for his big, fat set of svarim under Vsadigon. was one of the earliest minyan ha that we have. We know the Gaonim. It was very popular in the times of the Gaonim, and it became popular in the Rishonim. To list all the Sefer Ha-mitz- list all the mitzvahs. The Gemar Maka says there are 613. What are those 613? So we have the Baal Halachas Gadolos, one of the early ones, and all the Rishonim, the Rambam, the Rambam, the Chinuch, the uranium, the smog, the smok, all the different lists. Rav Sadiagon wrote a poem. Wrote a poem about the 613 mitzvahs. It's very hard to know. You read the poem, it's about two, three pages. That's it, that's the whole. That's all the mitzvahs. You read a word, you have no idea. What's he counting like as a mitzvah? What is he not counting like as a mitzvah? Rav Yeruch Fishel spent 40 years writing his three mammoth volume work on the Sefer and Mitzvot of Rav Sadigon. And from every word, he has 25 pages explaining what Rav Sadigon must hold by writing this word and writing it that way and writing it in plural and writing it in this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They say, when Rav Si'Pesach, came to Ereti so towards the end of his life and the Gedolim, I, I think it was of Zonenfeld or Rav, Yosef, Rav, Rav Frank, I don't remember which one. I saw the quote. When he saw the Sefer, he says, it's not humanly possible to write this unless you spend 40 years on this day, 14 of those years he did not leave his house. Not leave his house, he had a minion in his house, he just worked Yom of Olayla. So one of the phrases with that background, one of the phrases in the poem of Ravsadigon, you see in the bold print in source number two Lichros Bibrachos Viklalos Brisos Arbaim Vishmona. Krisas bris, the covenant of the brachos and the Klalos. That's what he writes in the poem. What's he trying to tell us? All the elements, every line in the poem is a mitzv- is a mitzvah. It's his six thirteen written in poem form. So he has all the different mitzvahs written in a word. S Rav ask S What does he mean here? Brachos and Klalos. That was a one time event that took place when B'nai Yisrael went into Eretz Yisrael. They Heard the brachas and the klalos, last week's parsha, this week's parsha. they heard it on our Grisim, half the shvatam on our grizim, half the shvatam on our, our evo. So what is Rav Sadiegon quoting it here? And the Rambam jumped on Rav Sadiegon. If you look on line three, the Rambam, with all his strength, screamed at Rav Sadiegon. What, to go stand there and get a bracha and get a klala and, and be part of the bris, the covenant? That was a temporary one time thing. Like there are many temporary one time commands in the Torah. Right? The Isser, the Isser Daraisa of going out to try to gather Mon on Shabbos. The Isser of leaving over the Mon. The Isser of leaving your house the night of the Seder in Mitzrayim. What, those are Mitzvahs Daraisa? No, Mitzvahs Eternal. So he asked the Rambam and all the other Rishonim on Rav This is a one-time event that occurred when B'nai Yisrael crossed the Yardane, the Brachas and the Klobos. So what, what's, what does it mean that, why, why are you having this as part of your minion? Says Rabbi Yerucham You know what I think Rav holds? There's a Mitzvah Daraisa here. There's a Mitzvah Daraisa that's eternal. And that's a Halacha that we know. But says Rabbi Yerucham Feshel Parolau, it's a mitzvah according to Rav Saad Ko Yisrael zelazeh. We accepted that on Hargrizim and Har And that's one of the 613 according to Rav Sadigo. Line 8. He says, I'm sorry, start from the earlier. Va'amnam line 3. Achara shavti After I spent much time on this. You know what I think? You know, everybody jumps on Rapsani and I'm jumping on everybody else. I think they're wrong. Why don't they count this? Yeshla Tamua Al Aramba Baharamban, the Khalaboy Machareyam, Shekulam Hechlitu, Kadavar Pashu, Dumavur, Right? They they said, Oh, it's simple. This is a one time event. It's not a one time event. What did Rashi say? What happened, our Harizam and Arevo? We accepted to be responsible for our fellow Jews. Halachically, Hashkathically, ko Yisrael Arevim Zelazet. Says Rabbi of Sadigon, that's a mitzvah darisa. It's not just a hawaha that you can make kiddish for somebody. Or shofer for somebody. A hawacha. An inyan. It's a mitzvah. mitzvah, <laughs> Then he says, why isn't it a separate mitzvah on the yachid? Okay, but either way, he says, this is a mitzvah like all other mitzvahs on line 16. As we know, it's an unbelievable concept. If I already heard shofar, I can make the bracha for you. Because if you didn't hear shofar, I'm still lacking. And I can say even the words, of Sivanu. Because I'm still lacking if there's one Jew in the world that didn't fulfill the mitzvah yet. Sazer, Kol Yisrael, the mitzvah of Hargizim and Har and that is the mitzvah L'Dorus. Okay, moving right along. Paragwamid, Pasik Aleph. Lamed Aleph. The very next Pasik. very next Pasik. And it shall be when all of these things again, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. All of sefer tzvarim is five weeks long. He's still talking. When all of these things come upon you, Habracha v'aklala, v'hashivoseil v'avecha b'chalagoyim asheridicha ha Hashem shama. You shall take it literally. Take it to heart. V'hashivoseil v'avecha. But amongst all the nations where I have sent you into Galus, you shall think about this. You shall focus on it. Ask of Yonah son. What exactly are we supposed to take with us? What exactly is the plastic driving at? When all of these things, the brachas and the kolos that Asher Nasati Lefanecha, he doesn't focus on that, but we'll add that in. What does it mean? Hashem puts a klala in front of us. He puts a he gives us a klala, He gives us a bracha. So, what exactly are we get, supposed to get out of the Pasik? It says that the Ferris Yonah son. Source three. As he's about to say, there is nothing in life that is pure bracha. And there is nothing in life that is pure klala. Most of what happens in life is all what we do with it. Bracha and Klawa. He gives an example. Riches, money. Yeshbar Davo moil. It has very beneficial elements. L'hasir kol yachol Hashem If I have enough money, I could sit and serve a Baruch Hu, how I want to. V'lo and nothing will make me, make me tarud. I wouldn't have to worry about parnasa. If I have enough money, I'd be able to sit and, and serve Hashem and learn Torah and do mitzvos. And if somebody doesn't have money, if somebody's in abject poverty, that's a klala on the surface. Because I, I'm difficult, I can't do what I want to do. But it says of Jonas and Ivishes, you can look at it in the opposite way too. And the Gemara does. gam Kia all. Often we find those who have everything think they are everything, and power corrupts. And when we have so much, so often we let it get to our head. all. Vayishman vayiva. Literally, yishurin got fat. Vayiva, then he and he kicked the chadomeh. The more we have, the more our Yitzhahara goes and gets up. Right as Chazal say earlier in Sefer sevia." We only rebel against God when we are satiated and full. And in the opposite, regarding poverty, we already spoke about the Kloh side, but on the other hand, we realize it's not all bad. I will realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. When somebody doesn't have enough, that's when they turn to God. It's easier to serve, it's easier to daven when we feel that we're lacking something. It's easier to connect to Hashem when we don't feel like we have everything and we feel there's a need. V'zeh Yish'o v'chefso. At'sh'amu Chazal, yo'aniyus Yisrael. Chazal even say, Osher, some Amoram say, is a greater nisayon than aniyus. V'yim This is just one example, says of Jonas and Iverschitz. But really, most things in the world. Hakol lefi Hamakabel. It's all about what we do with it. It's all about how we take what Hashem gives us and how we deal with it. And many times in life something happens that we think is one thing and later on we can look back and realize it was something else. Realize. Many times we don't realize. Many times we'll have to wait to the Olam Ha'emes. Every bracha is not a complete bracha. Every bracha is not a complete bracha adam nemar. That's what the bracha means. When I send you the bracha and the khala. What is Hashem saying? When I send you every situation. When I send you life. When I send you the package that you are going to have. Realize in it there's potential for bracha and for khala. And that's why it's Hashem Asati. I'm putting it in front of you. I'm putting the bracha and the klala in front of you. Just like we read already. Right? The Vacharta. Right? You have to, We have to realize that. Okay. Moving right along to the next couple of psukim. If we read now the beginning of Paraklamid, says the Arachayim Akadish, there seems to be a lot of repetitiveness. So let's just read the psukim. Parak Lamid. So we just read the Pasakalah. Next Pasak. Vishavta Hashem Elokecha. You shall return. You shall return to Hashem and listen to His voice like everything I have commanded you today. Pasuk Beis. Pasuk Gimel. Hashem will return all of those that went into Golis and will have Rechmanos on you. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, Pasik Beis, you should do Tshuva, and then Hashem will do Kivas Galios. Fine. Pasik Vav. Umal Hashem alokecha zlubavcha. Hashem will literally circumcise your heart. Didn't we already do Tshuva? That was Pasik Beis. Peshatar Hashem Pasik Vav. Hashem will circumcise your heart. That also sounds like Chuvah. Ezlubavcha vez loavzarecha. Liyavaz Hashem alokecha. Talab Hashem with all your heart. Then Asha Alakaz call also ala sham will put all the curses because of this shuvah waitekahan all your enemies. Pasakas Via Tatashuv the Shamatta Bakala Hashem. A third time. You'll do shuvah. Via seas call mitzvah sam and you do all the misfazar and nohibisab. Why in a span of seven psukim do we have three psukim about shuvah? Three times. And if this is a future-focused Pasuk, is it the same thing three times? Is it a process? What's happening here? Says the Archai Makadish, source number four. He asks this Kasha, he goes through the Pesukim and he asks, why are there three references, Pasuk Beis, Pasuk Vav, and Pasuk Ches, all to the fact that B'nai Yisrael will do Tshuva. Yesh Ah ha'ir, ach, arsham alamala, Pasuk ma makam lo mar'or, umal Pasikvav. Three Psukim related to Shuva. So what's going on here? Right, you did Shuva beforehand. Vav Says the Arachaim Akkadesh. I've written about this before, but let me say it again. Line seven. klalios There are three areas of our avodas Hashem, says the Arachaimakadesh. And he will relate this to three areas of tshuva. Number one, Aleph, he exactly what we're doing right now. Focus on Talmud Torah. There is no mitzvah like Talmud Torah. Talmud Torah, kula. Every second of Torah is infinitely valuable. Unbelievable. Eseka Torah. Shanus, shmiras mitzvos said. Making sure we don't violate any averis. That's part two of our avodah. And of course, part three, shlishes, kiyam, mitzvahs zaseh. So basically, all the losasehs, all the essays, and Talmud Torah, says the Arachai. Now let's read the Pesukim, because that's what's going on here. Three elements of tshuva, making sure we are focused in all three areas. Volazet, line nine. Kishabolo martikan tshuva sidr shlashton. The Torah lists off all three. Kinege Chuvas Talmud Torah, Kineged the tshuva, that is related to focusing on learning Talmud Torah. Omar tshuva rishona. Vishavta Hashem alokecha. You shall do tshuva. You should go up to Hashem. Vigomar viomar. And it continues. Pasik beis. You should go close to Hashem. Vishamate bekolo. Listen to his voice. What's Hashem's call? Kola Torah. Becholat yaranofim tsavchayom. Ato venecha. Vishav Below his And what does the next P'sukim describe? Keep its golias. Ge'ula. Where does that come from? He quotes the Zohar. Bishus, Asa, Katora, Yu, Yisrael Nigolin. That's what these P'sukim describe. When we're more committed, and we're all committed, we have to be more committed to Talmud Torah, we have to realize that that is part of the process of bringing the Ge'ula. That's plus like and Gimel, and Dalit, and Hay. Bez is Talmud Torah. Gimel, Dalit, Hay describes Ge'ula. Then we come to Umal. We come to Pasig Says the... Our Chaim line 16. Ukeneget Shmiras Mitzvah's Losa Asay. Kineget the losase. Amar Umal Hashem. As HaShem circumcises our hearts. What does what circumcising mean? It means it's like preventing and limiting. That's Losa Via V'yadua ki Arlas Halev Hu Asos Rasha the the uh, foreskin of the heart, so to speak, the arla s'alev. that's to do negative. And Hashem says, we will circumcise our heart, we'll control ourselves, we will limit ourselves. And that's a reference to not violating the Los That's part two. Again, not in chronological order, just what has to happen, all three? And what's the sechar of that? What does the Pazik say? Hashem will... Take care of our enemies for us when we stop being chote. And number three, line twenty-two, what does it say? You'll do all the mitzvots. So just reading the psukim, we think we read these eight psukim, we think how oh, it's repetitive and it's just saying the same thing over and over again. Chas v'shalom. When it comes to the Torah, the Torah does not repeat one letter, not one word, not one pasuk. Everything is meduyak, and says the Arachai Makadosh. These three are three different types that we, uh, Moshe is prophesizing are going to are going to occur. Right? He even says in the middle. I didn't even read it. The pasuk in that the Gemara in talks about Alma Is We went into Galus because we, we forsook the Torah. We didn't make Berachas Torah. The Gemara says so. Part of the tshuva process is our commitment back to to Torah. Okay. Per glamid, pasik We continue in this, as I said, small but jam packed parsha. Says the Torah by Shishi, pasik Ki Kia mitzvah hazo zeshur This mitzvah that I command you today, lo niflesi mim chavalorachokahi, is not far away from you. Don't think this is too hard to do. This mitzvah is not wondrous, is not too far. Lobashamayim, it's not in heavens. Waymar that you have to say, "Oh, how can we do it?" Mitin shamayim. Mi alahanu shamay mavika khavalanu. Vlomayver layami is not in ever layab, is not on the other side of the sea. No, it's right in front of you. Kikarov elakha adbar ma'od, it's very close. B'ficha uvilvav khalasoso. It's right there. One of the most amazing Machlokos, and unclear psukim is this section here. What mitzvah is being referred to here? This mitzvah! The Pashas of the pasik versus Chazal. The Pashas of the pasik is what have we just been talking about for the past ten psukim? And then the Torah says, Ki mitzvah and this mitzvah. What mitzvah? The Pashas is the Mitzvah of tshuva, And that's what the Ramban says. That's the simple interpretation of the psukim. This mitzvah of Shuvah and then there's the Machlokas. Do you count it Mitzvah of Shuvah? But says the Ramban, it's the Mitzvah of Shuvah. Chazal and Masechah's Erevin do not say that. They're saying there's another level of interpretation. And that is the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Maybe there's a connection, as we just said. But ki Mitzvah Azos, the Gemara Darshahs and Masechah's Erevin, is related to Talmud Torah. And that's where Rashi goes. Rashi, all of the Rashi's here discuss Torah. Torah, You have to go up and learn it. And then teach it. It's close to you. What's close? Rashi says. It's the Torah. Why does Rashi only say that? On Pasuk Yudalad. Rashi should say on the pasuk he had mitzvah azos. Rashi doesn't say anything on that pasuk he had mitzvah azos. One mitzvah. He waits the pasuk yudalid. Kikaro belecha beficha ubilvav chalasoso. Why does Rashi only mention that it's Torah? And what's Rashi's emphasis? Question two on torsha bixav and torsha b'alpeh. What do you have to say that here for? Hatara nitnalechem bixav ubalpeh. Explain the mefarshim explains source number five if you look in the Berchaz Yitzchak we're going to act you know why Rashi says it on Pasuk Yudalid because that's where dafka is being alluded to and that's where maybe Chazal got it from and gave it away that it's not just about Shuvah u'bilvavcha la'asoso that could be about Shuvah that's true you have to say vidui. you have to feel it but maybe that's the hint that Chazal said wait a minute your mouth and your heart. Two types of something. What does Rashi say? Torah Sheba Torah Sheba With the mouth and with the heart. Venira de la Rashi, mashmo asamila beficha lo la soso. Beficha hakavana, Torah Sheba Khsav. Shekore ha makre befiv. Beficha, my mouth, what I read. I read what's in front of me, it's Torah Sheba Khsav. Ubilvavcha hakavana la Torah Sheba Tully on the heart. Tully on the understanding. Tully passed down from one generation to the next. Maybe that's why Rashi says it there. Says Rabbi Genek, if this is the shot, if this is where Rashi gets it from, maybe it connects to something that he quotes he heard from Rav Salvechik, also quoted in the Shulchan Aracharav. There's a big difference between Learning Torah shebichtav, learning Tanakh, and learning Mishnah and Gemara. She betorah shebichtav, shel shal tal mitorah bekriyas aparsha af apish meven Torah shebichtav, there's inherent value of reading even without understanding. Tehillim even super within that. As we know, the power that David and Malik put into Tehillim, but says the. Says the, uh, says Reb Salvechik, Torah Shevikh Sav, there's obviously understanding. The more we understand, the more we get out of it. But even just saying the words, what is our word? Peficha. If somebody doesn't have avana, if, he try, if we try to understand, that's already something. We have to try to understand it. We have to try to understand. Sheenka Nusacho Matveya Kiksava. Sheenkiyim Bekriya Belo Havana Sadvarim. There isn't as inherent of a value. The way it's stated here is very extreme, that there's no value. I would say it is not as inherent of a value. The whole kim of Tarashbalpen is the understanding, the connection that we have. Tarshabsav and the difference between them, and the illusion in the Pasik of the ubil u-bil-vavcha. Says continues a couple of lines down related to this idea of the difference. <laughs> One time the briskarav was walking with Rav Alchanan. damo. <laughs> they were talking about something and Rav said No, let's take out a gemara. Mishum osios machkimos which is a Lushan used to mean that even seeing the letters Light up our our brain, light up our neshama. There's a kpeda, the poskim quote that when you see hadba and shul, which the remis to Hagba was in last week's parsha, arasha yakim, arasha lo yakim. The rabban says the, it's a remis to Hagba, to see the letters. Sometimes some are machped to walk close to the bima to be able to see the letters because of osios machkimos. The letters of the torah shebichsav are a cause a certain type of spiritual wisdom in our in our neshamas so, Rebbe Chanan said that about Gemara too. Let's go take out a Gemara. He obviously felt the weight about a Gemara. Says the Berskara, maybe that's where his nephew got it from, she Sheskulas osios machimo O'shayek dafka v'tor shebichsav, v'lo v'tor sheb'alpeh. V'niret, that's on a halachic basis. There are many achronim that use it to see it inside, see the Gemara inside, see the Tosfas inside, but this is just developing an idea that there is a different inherent value to the Torah osios machimos. There's something to it. It's not about the of the Gemara. It's about the in the Gemara and understanding the Gemara. There's a difference in terms of how we measure its value. And then he just says at the end, turning over the page, As we have been discussing, Shitas Rashi, that it, and, and based on Chazal, that it's Talmud Torah, he says there is a Medrash. We've mentioned this Medrash in the past, but he says the Medrash also goes with the Derech of understanding that Ki azos is Talmud Torah. But we don't always focus on what the what pasuk is quoted in the Medrash in the Tanya de Elioz on line nine. Remember the story of Elio Navi and the fisherman. Elio Navi is walking down the street and he meets a fisherman. And the fisherman never opened up a safer in his life. He didn't know Mikra, he didn't know Mishnah. Line 10. This is paraphrasing the Medrish. Sheton, and he told Elyohanavi, I'm sorry, I, I can't learn anything. Hashem did not give me a brain to be able to learn. I, I just my IQ is just not on the level that one needs to study Torah. I would love to, Elio. Elyonavi says, Can I ask you what you do? What's your profession? Oh, my Lord Elio. Malito, Pishto, Malarug, Masuda. What do you do? He's like, Oh, I'm a fisherman. How do you get the nets? Oh, I make the nets. How do you make the nets? Well, I take flax, and then I roll it into, I split it into thread, and I take the thread and I tie it in a certain way, a little complicated way to make the net, and then I have to know uh, where the fish are going to be, and where in the river to put the net down, and when to catch them, and how long to give them, and which bait to use. Says Elio. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. You know how to do that. He's like, Yeah, well, you know. Says Elio, for fishing, Hashem gave you Chachma, but for Torah, Hashem did not give you Chachma. Well, you only have an IQ for this and not an IQ for that? Says Elio HaNavi, kikarov Kikarov Hadavar Ma'od. He quotes our Pasuk on line 12 and 13. Meaning, the Medrash is also using the Pasuk. In terms of Talmud Torah. In terms of the, the, the way Chazal understands Parsha U Rashi, Velo Al Again, the Pasha is Shuvah, but the maybe the deeper understanding is Talmud Torah, and as we mentioned before, maybe there's a connection between Talmud Torah and Shuva, and they work they work with each other. Okay. One more thought on the Parsha, and then hopefully we'll we'll end with something in Yana in and Yana Hashanah. Two words relating to what we mentioned earlier. Two words towards the end of the parsha Says Hashem. Says Moshe. I bring to testify for you. Pasuk Lamed test. The uncle says, As I bring to testify. The heavens and the earth are going to testify about this covenant that we have. I put life and death in front of you. Right? It's not a coincidence that Nitzavim and these are always read at this time of year. Uvacharta b'chayim Choose life. A couple of weeks ago, we just had Re'eh. That was Bracha and Kloa. Now it has become more serious. The Meshachachma points out. It's not just Bracha and Kloa now. Now it's more graphic. It's Bracha and klala and chayim and Mavis. Nasati Says... Rif Pinkus, Tiferes Shimshon. Maybe this is the first time we had two tif- Tiferes Yonasan. Couple hundred, hundred, couple hundred years ago, Yonasan Ibishitz, and now we have the Tiferes Shimshon Rif Pinkus. He makes two points. First of all, Bechira Uva Charte as we spoke about earlier, Mekubal Omar, Source Seven, She Bechira Pirushal We usually think of Bechira as you have a choice, you have two choices. You have a um, multiple choice, A, B, C, or D, and you choose one. That's choice. That's Bahira. Should I Should I learn now or should I just waste my time? That is definitely true. That is part of what Bahira is.. That's not the, the total depth of what Bahira is about. Bespar Makdoshim, Bechira, nikrais Daas, O Hachra'a. Hachra'a doesn't just mean to take two choices and to choose one of them. It's deciding, emphatically, and creating a certain reality for yourself. Says the Tepher Hashim Yeshna Bechira amuka Yosef, v'hiu amitis. Kishu'anu Omrim, when we say in the brachas on the Haftorah, Asher Bachar b'neviyim tovim ever think about that? Hashem chose good prophets. Which prophets should I rest my Shekina on? The good ones or the bad ones? Hashem did ini, mini. Oh, he chose the good ones. Is that what happened. We say, God, you, Hashem, you chose us. He chose us. He didn't choose us. Avram Avinu recognized Hashem. We are Avram Avinu's descendants. So we walked out. We are the ones. Hashem didn't choose us. What does Bechira mean? B'chira, we spoke about this also a couple weeks ago in a different context. Bechira means that there is a definitive act that is taken, yes, to the exclusion of others, but it doesn't really mean that there was a choice in the first place. Eina kavanah shahayah safek bein Yisrael amim. It's it's a absolute. And a person also has Bechira to choose, but ultimately our choice should we should be on the level and try to reach the level that it's not really a choice. It's something that we have to do. It's something. It's decisions that we make, and we have to realize that's what Bechira is. Part one. Then he has a part two. He has a very sensitive thought. Let's call it that. A sensitive thought, and we have to know how to understand this. There are obviously extreme cases that he is touching on, but let's see what he says, and the message is going to be clear in terms of taking responsibility for our decisions and our actions. Cesar Pincus, line 11. <laughs> Let's say there is a bully. Let's say there's a bully. So what happens? The school says to the parents, you got to take them to a, you know, to a professional. Why does he do this? Why does my son, my son, a bully? No, doesn't come from me. Maybe it comes from my my spouse's side. So we go to a professional. You know, where does it come from? What did they say? Uh, the child's not at fault. It's from a certain experience that happened earlier. The child basically can't be held responsible for the actions. It is whatever the earlier generation did. Now he has a bully personality. You can't fault him. So the mother says, okay, so I'm not at fault. Okay, I'm sorry. Now the mother says, okay, I'm at fault. No, the psigolah said, no, 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 no. you're not at fault. What, what, let me talk about what are your, how your upbringing was. And they go back a generation. And they go back another generation. And there's always a siba and a misobe. There's never anybody that's really responsible for what they do. There's, ne- there's never the buck stops here. Because every person, every human being, they are a string of reactions. Every reaction has a cause. Every cause has a cause to it. And you can go back ad infinitum until Adam was created. To know why anybody acts in the way they act. And if you think about it, says Rav Pinkus, then, basically, we can do whatever we want, and it's not our fault. Because it's always based on my upbringing, and based on my education, and based on my environment, and based on everything. Right? That's what he says. We are, we, we, are, we are a conglomeration of everything that has happened before us. Says, Repinkus would admit there are certain extreme cases which Rachman al Rachmanelitzlan, you know, there are cases where a child, somebody is, is in, you know, a victim of something. But in almost all cases, an adult, a young man, a young woman, it doesn't matter what the background was. They have Bechi and they are responsible for their actions. Says the Tiferes Shimshon, we have to take responsibility. We for ourselves cannot have excuses or blame anybody else for what we do." As we said before, the deck of cards that we are dealt is out of our control. What we do with them is up to us. Line twenty-four. Some things, to say it in a line, are explainable, but they're not excusable. We can explain why they did something, but we cannot excuse them for what they did. And that's two very different observations, putting those two together. We mentioned the same idea a couple of years ago in a, in a Haggadah she'er where we mentioned from Rabbi Lamb, we're about to have another thought from him, Rabbi Lamb mentions it in his agada, Why does it not mention anywhere in Sefer Shmos what Paro's real name was? Paro is the position. There was a Paro in the time of Abraham. There was a Paro in the time of of Moshe. There were the pharaohs. Why doesn't it say which pharaoh it was? Says Rabbi Lamb. Because if we knew which pharaoh it was, then we'd able to psychoanalyze and, and you know why he tortured the Jews, you know what, was, what his parents did to him, you know and, and you know what happened to this, you know what happened to that, and we'd have all the different explanations. The Torah says he was a Pharaoh and he was a Russia. And Hashem hardened his heart and that whole discussion, that's all we have to know about him, because again, explainable, yes, excusable, no. And that's all that we have to focus on in terms of taking responsibility. Okay, last thought for the evening, a thought from Rabbi Norman Lamb from one of his drushes that were printed in a sefer. Drushas Lomo Adim. This one is, I gave you a part of it. It's not all here, but uh, a large part of it. It's called The Three That Cried. The Three That Cried. Says Rabbi Lamb, again, this gets us ready for Rosh Hashanah. And B'Rosh Hashanah, as I said, the next year will be Parshas Brashish. There are three women that cried that we remember on Rosh Hashanah. Three women. The mother of Sisra. That's one. That's one of the strangest ones that we remember. Tosus Kosti Rosh Aim Right? Ain Sisra cried a hundred cries when she didn't see her, her um, you know, delicious young boy coming back home. Number one, Ain Sisra. Number two, first day laning. Hagar, Hagar cried. That's one that we don't always remember. And third, Rachel, Haftorah for the second day, Rachel Mavaka, she's crying. What's the connection and the relationship between these three cries? Says Rabbi Lam, unbelievable. Aim Sisra. What was her cry? And why do we remember Sisra and the mother of Sisra? Rabbi Lam writes in source 9, the mother of Cicero lived in a dream world. Remember this passage? She's looking out the window. She's waiting for her son to come back. And what are her, her helpers and the maidens that are with her? Ah, oh, don't worry. He's just late. He's gathering a lot of spoils. He's gathering a lot of women. Don't worry. He's going to come back soon. What, was, what were they doing? They were denying reality. They were creating a dream world. They were taking the difficult situation denying it, rejecting it. She refused to face reality and contemplate its bitter side. And when you live in a dream world, says Rabbi Lamb, you must expect nightmares. She had imagined that her exalted position as a mother of a successful conqueror inured her to pain and tragedy. No, that she's never going to have any pain. She was guilty of an immoral optimism, the kind of outlook that characterizes the unthinking and arrogant of all ages. Skipping a couple of lines. He who sits on top of the world has no assurance that his world will not collapse under him. Absolute security is a myth. Life is not as certain as guaranteed as the haughty, unreflective mentality of Aim Sisra. The first type of cry is a cry of denying reality. Seeing what's in front of us, we can't bear to accept it, so we reject it and we don't deal with it at all, and we run away from it, and we create our own reality. That's Aims Sisra, and that's not the way that we follow, the healthy way to follow. But then there's a second reaction, and that's Hagar. Hagar did not reject reality. She was starving, her son was dying, and she saw that reality. What did she do? She threw away her son and went under a bush to cry. Hagar was consumed, was a victim, surrendered to the reality. She gave up looking at the difficult reality in the face. That was Hagar, bottom of the page. Hagar was the second of the three who cried. Right? We read, read it. That's also why. Oh, we think sometimes the first day of 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 Rosh Hashanah. Why are we laying this? Oh, because it's right before the Akedah, which is going to be the second day. No. There's basher husham. There's, there's important points in the first. The first day also. She took her child, Yishmael, turning the page. Right? She took it into the desert. She took him and when it happened that there, there was no food, no drink, that's it. She gives up. No attempt to save the child. No looking for an oasis. No real effort that's changing her dangerous situation. She cries. It is the cry of desperation. A morbid, fatalistic, Pessimism. The mother of Sisera rejected reality. Hagar, she submitted to reality. And she did not try anything and she just gave up. She sees the facts only too clearly. Hagar beholds the great desert of life and submits to it. She is paralyzed by the reality that is in front of her. And that's also not the way that we deem appropriate we mention those two cries. We remember those two cries. But then we have the third cry. We have the cry of Rachel Menu. Rachel Menu. What did she cry like? How was her cry different? She had a hard life, bottom of the page, line 49. Rachel lived a hard life and a brief one. Think about Rachel Menu. Her wedding night, she doesn't get married. Who knows? She didn't know that she was going to be able to marry also. And she lived all those years watching this woman, who she gave up her husband for, have child after child after child. All those months. And then she has one. And then she has two. And she does not live to see them grow up. She has a difficult and a brief life. She knew trouble and anguish. She sees her children going into exile and recognizes the bitterness. But what does Rachel do? She demands from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, she demands from Hashem, help my children. Rachel, she doesn't look at reality and ignore it. She doesn't look at reality and get consumed by it. She looks at it and says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to try to overcome it. I'm going to try to deal with it. But unlike Hagar, she refuses to bow to these realities. She refuses to submit. She refuses to adjust. She refuses to accept exile and destruction as the last word. The Jewish soul beholds reality in all of its ugliness, but sets out to transform it. We are not like Hagar. We are not like Aim Sisra. We are like Rachel. They are not a sign of weakness, but of strength. Not of resignation or frustration, but determination. Last line, as Rabbi Lamb only could say The tears of Aim Sisra or Ahagar are the end of their story. For a it's just the beginning. For a Rachel, I didn't give you the rest of the article. For a Rachel, now I start the next stage. Mivaka. And she keeps crying and she keeps crying. There are difficulties that we have in Chlael Yisrael. Individually, nationally, there's a lot that we need to dive in for. There's a lot that nationally, as we enter Tafshin Ayin Vav, but Hashem, there's a lot that we need to dive in for. Kaddish Baruchu is in charge. We have to cry like Rachel. We have to cry, we have to see the reality, we have to see the dangers, and we have to dive into Hashem. Please help us out, acknowledging the reality, but knowing that Yeshua Hashem, Ke'heref Ayin. She'll to Hashanah Tova. A Shnaz Brius, a Shnaz of Limadat Torah together, a Shnaz of growth, and B'lashem will pick up with the cycle renewing itself, starting again, Parshus Bracious, in a couple of weeks, the Wednesday before Bracious.